obviously the situation like this, there's many, uh, likely many perpetrators, you know, not just the person, the people impersonating this couple, but likely the realtor, the lawyer, uh, others involved. But You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. We're back. New year, new me. 2023. <laughs> Love it. What's going on, gentlemen? How are shaking. We? Doing well. Yeah, things are going on. <laughs> I, I've been getting, I've been getting a lot of messages. People wondering what's happening with the show. Where are you? I miss you guys. We good. love you. Well, that's lots, good. Lots of love. Lots of love. We took an extended little break. An extended little break. Yeah, it was good. It was needed. We, just, we, were, we were just talking the Christmas about... cobwebs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean the market, as we all know, November December was uh, basically came to a halt, similar to the uh, Ottawa Light Rail, and um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Greg, you mentioned you're offline for a couple weeks, and uh, you know, we're all spending time with family, and Dave, you're obviously uh, in Florida, and you know, there's just a lot of a lot of things going on, but I think everyone's rejuvenated, everyone's recharged, ready for everyone's a new recharged. year. Yeah. Well, Definitely. Let's not forget you're also in Colombia. Okay. I am. Yeah. So yeah. you're okay. So hold on. So Paul, you're in Colombia. Dave, you're in Florida right now. Correct. And I'm just back. Okay. From the yeah. cottage. For now. Not international yet. Yes. Yeah. It's too bad. I hope we can get one episode where all three of us are. It's, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Um, cool. Yeah. So we, uh, 2022 is an interesting year. We were talking. R- briefly about the year-end stats, which we'll get into. But what I'd say one of the biggest stories, we kind of ended the year talking about the year in review. Now we're looking forward to 2023, but <clears throat> to look forward, it helps to look back as well. So uh, Canada, we have an article here, Canada welcomes record number of new immigrants in 2022, which is something that we obviously uh, were harping on most of last year. Uh, the article by msn.com, it says, new immigration numbers show Canada has again set a record for permanent residents, welcoming 431,645, approximately, uh, new permanent residents in 2022. Uh, the Liberals' immigration plan envisions steadily increasing immigration levels over the next few years, rising to 500,000 new permanent residents entering the country by 2025. So what does that mean for real estate, gentlemen? Well, it's an interesting comment because um, that's permanent residence. That's permanent mm-hmm. residence. Yes. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the first Greg raises. quarter. Sorry? Greg raises. I, I raise. see your article. I'm, I'm raising. <laughs> and this goes to prove what we've been saying. First nine, first, uh, first three quarters of 2022, 776,000 immigrants came to Canada. So probably a million over the whole course of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's immigrants that have came. So the number that you gave is is permanent now, now permanent residents. So right. we've had a million immigrants come to Canada over the year, and that doesn't change the amount of homes being built. So. We, Again, permanent residents, you know, they talk about foreign buyers, whatever. Sure. A lot of people have already been here. They're already spending money. The more that come, the, the homes aren't being built fast enough. The demand is there. And that's what we said at the end, right? Kind of like, um, you know, is it a supply issue or is it, or is it a demand issue? 
Yeah, and that that stat that you just gave, Greg, of uh, close to a million. I mean, that's really an increase in our population by about two point three percent in a single year. When you break that out, and we've talked about it for the last several years when the market was crazy and we were talking about lack of supply. And even when sales figures have decreased, we've been talking about demand still being there just on pause because of where rates are and people wanting to see where prices end up. But when you have such an influx of people to the country and so, um, you know, and no, no set plan of where these individuals mm-hmm. are going to be housed, that increases demand for the rental market, for the mm-hmm. purchasing market, because those those new uh, permanent residents that Paul was just speaking about, they're letting right now they have a checklist for you to become a permanent resident where they're allowing they're only allowing people uh, with you know higher education. You know, it's not just people in the trades or services or you know lower paying positions. Let's say they're looking for professionals, and they're really ticking those boxes of of allowing primarily professionals in um, and you know, educated individuals, which then compete with their higher paying jobs. They've got savings. They were in good paying jobs before. I know I, I, I know I regularly speak to a number of uh, permanent residents and people uh, that just moved here that are, you know, engineers, doctors, dentists, uh, what have you. These are, you know, they have savings already. They're coming mm-hmm. and they're already Correct. with down payment in hand, ready to buy, or they've sold their house you know, I uh, was helping um, a couple last week there, you know, from Brazil, they sold their house in Brazil and they're, you know, just got their permanent resident here, residency here. They're coming with significant down payment to purchase here. So it's not just the local demand, but also this uh, influx of individuals that again, it's not your service industry. And that's why we see in the, in the uh, economy of people of having a hard time filling some of these um, minimum wage jobs or service industry jobs because, it's that influx of new residents are not, um, you know, really picking up those because they're really only bringing in professional, uh, you know, higher paying uh, professionals, so to speak. And that's and that's an interesting comment because you know part of this article here that I'm reading from uh, the Daily Hive, you know, it says as a measure to help address the immense labor shortage, falling birth rates, and ensure long term economic growth, the federal government has been accepting far more Im- immigrants over the last few years and intends to further grow this trend for the foreseeable foreseeable future. And it also says that this is last year was the most uh, immigration to Canada since ever. So it was since 1867. Mm-hmm. So. Let's imagine that that is not going to slow down because I don't think it is. People want to come to Canada. So, and I mean, if you just look at our, we have a lot of room for growth. You look at the US uh, and their landmass, and you look at our landmass, and I, I understand some of our provinces are not the best, not, not exactly habitable, 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 habitable. Um, but, uh, but I mean, we have what, 38 million people, uh, compared to 330 million. I mean, we have a lot of room for, for further well, it immigration. Says, it says now 39.29 million. Oh, it's going wow. to hit 40 quick. Just like me. Um, as, as producer Steven says, California is bigger than, than us, the state of yeah, California. Population wise. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> Um, yeah, and Greg, the other thing you mentioned, which I thought was very interesting too, about the uh, the, Im- the permanent residence is like how long does it take people that immigrate to get that permanent residency? It's probably somewhere between, I'd imagine, six to twelve months, um, and then after that permanent residency, to get uh, you know that's permanent residence, and then getting citizenship is obviously a whole other 
can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's probably, you know, probably double the amount of people, if not triple, that like permanent residents to people that have actually immigrated are in the process of getting their permanent residency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, even just like, you know, kind of without even any, any of those hypotheticals, like just going by the, those num- those sheer numbers alone that they're reporting, not even just individuals in that, you know, in that wheel, if you will, um, an increase of, you know, anywhere from one to two and a half percent of a population growth in a single year, you need a significant plan for housing these individuals. Canada hasn't like, and, and we need significant like construction ongoing in the major metropolises because people, yes, they're, you know, when they're coming over uh, as refugees or what have you, they're, you know, a lot of landing spots are East Coast, like in Newfoundland and some of the other less populated areas and, you know, where they're trying to uh, increase density and um, or increase populations. But they also, but a lot of those individuals eventually migrate to Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, um, a bunch of these others. And so we need that continued growth in cities like ours and others, and, and not just a plan within our city, but a plan across the country to direct these individuals to, because having them just, having people just come to Canada and, you know, let, sit them on the rock in, in Newfoundland, the likelihood of them staying there is very unlikely, uh, especially if you don't even have the housing and, and, and income or uh, economy for them to thrive there. They're just going to be getting on a bus or a train or a plane uh, mm-hmm. and moving to one of the other major cities um so there just needs to be there hasn't been or at least i haven't read or seen uh you know a clear-cut plan for this so it'll be interesting to see how that ripple effect um takes shape across you know these next few years as they grow towards five hundred thousand prs a year and a lot of these foreign these foreigners coming to canada have money like you said and they'll you know whatever foreign no foreign buyers etc cetera, etc cetera. patients wait at the at, at that point, when you're talking about the major centers, especially like Vancouver, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, you know, in the news, I've been reading a lot of people, uh, uh, reporters reporting, saying that y- you should leave Vancouver and Toronto if you're a young mm-hmm. person starting. Mm-hmm. They're saying, like, get the hell out of here. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to get ahead here. You're just going to, you know, become depressed. You're going to have mental health issues because you can't survive mm-hmm. if you want to s- stay in this city. You know what I mean? You need to have something set up. Um, And so in terms of, which I thought was interesting because it was kind of promoting mental health for young people in in terms of real estate and um, uh, just lifestyle, basically Mm -hmm. saying you can't sustain, but the people that can sustain are the people that come from other countries and um, have that money to back them up. So I I think that, I mean, already, you know, we have such diverse communities in those major centers, but I think Vancouver and Toronto are going to see an even bigger influx of that. And then, you know, a lot of the locals are just going to have to leave. Or again, the younger generations are going to have to go to the smaller towns, which is not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the way that it's working. But I mean, the mm-hmm. writing's on the wall as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, so talking about Toronto, um, you know, kind of just, we'll, we'll, we'll transition this into another article that came up uh, a couple of weeks ago that some of our listeners might've seen, but uh, Toronto homeowners returned from a trip abroad to find they'd been impersonated and their house sold. Uh, so there's an article in C- CTV news about this that I'm sure a number of people that are listening came across if they have any interest in real estate, it probably popped up on their timeline somewhere. Um, but this is certainly something that is very, you know, very scary and worrisome for a homeowner, um, you know, to even consider that this sort of thing happens or how this happens. Uh, 
for those of you that wonder or that have bought a house, that wonder what title insurance is for when you're signing that closing documents with your lawyer and there's title insurance put on the property, it's to cover you for things like this. Uh, mm-hmm. The title insurer, FCT or FNF, are the ones who go to bat for you. And uh, from a, a lawyer standpoint, you know, you're not out of pocket. And from uh, reimbursing the you know buyer for their funds and the banks and all that, that, that's what title insurance comes in and plays a hand in. Obviously, the situation like this, there's many, uh, likely many perpetrators, you know, not just the person, in, the people impersonating this couple, but likely the realtor, the lawyer, um, others involved. But it's uh, pretty wild to to kind of read these types of stories. Yeah. So what's the, can you break down the, uh, or even just give us an excerpt from the article explaining like exactly how that could happen? Like it seems impossible, right? That you go away for a few months. Yeah. And your house is so really, you know, this, uh, this article is about a, cu- a couple that uh, left, that went out of, went out of country uh, back home uh, for several months when they came back, just as it, you know, states in the, in the headline, they, they came back, they found that there was a new uh, family in their house and their house had been sold out from under them. What had happened is when they'd moved away, somebody had, you know, likely changed locks or come in uh, pretending to be them, fake ID with their, you know, the original homeowner's I, you know, name and, and information on it, date of birth and all that. And, uh, and then having to, you know, their contact and realtor or they know, and that's where it becomes like, you know, the realtor possibly involved is that they're, you know, impersonating, like they know who's being impersonated or as a realtor, you're, you know, you're just, you're checking ID and, you know, they're doing base level um, confirmations of who owns that property or the names that are on title. So they're maybe looking at their driver's license for their disclosure documents, but that's really it. Uh, mm-hmm. So in this case, they have a fake, fake ID purporting to be the original owners and, uh, and, you know, and then going ahead and listing and selling that house. Uh, again, lawyer, whether they're involved or not is to be seen, uh, who knows, but again, a, the lawyer is supposed to be checking ID to verify that it's this couple. However, they come with a fake driver's license and fake visa. You know, that's the two pieces of ID that's really being verified. Um, they likely could even pass through a lawyer, but in most cases, it's, you know, multiple people involved in it. And so it kind of ran through that and they listed it, they, they listed it on the market. Now, sometimes, and I have seen uh, presentations from FCT, which is the uh, title insurer, first Canadian title, where uh, it'll be even more broad spread, uh, widespread than that. It'll be the real, it'll be the realtor, the people impersonating the lawyer, uh, sometimes the, the banker, um, you know, we, that we saw that on that uh, CBC, um, mm-hmm. that CBC special. Uh, and then even the other side of the buyer being, you know, being fake as well, where they're, you know, taking somebody else's ID to get that mortgage. So the money's flowing from a fake person through this property out to these fake sellers, and they're taking all of this money and uh, and running with it. Uh, it's, you know, we've said it, and, and, and I tell clients when uh, I'm, when I'm working with them, you know, we do ask for a lot of documentation as mortgage brokers and typically more than the banks because we're actually scrutinized more than the banks uh, as mortgage professionals. Uh, we get audited uh, much more frequently. We don't have the veil of you know a TD or an RBC kind of banner. Um, and so we're scrutinized much more heavily. We don't, I don't like asking for documents from clients. However, we have to, to verify income and, and you know, that you're the purpose proper person. And we're always on the lookout for, uh, for fraudulent documents and things like that. 
And the reason why I bring this up is because we have to do our due diligence. Real estate is the number one method for fraud in Canada and for uh, money laundering to the tune of billions of dollars in Canada alone. And so this is, you know, and a lot of them are in centers like Toronto and Vancouver, where the home prices are a million plus. But uh, but certainly something that, you know, you might not think it, but it's things like this that go on or people falsifying documents to, to you know, falsify income, you know, saying that, oh, I make $40 an hour instead of 38. Well, I mean, that's mortgage fraud. If you've come up, if you've fabricated a pay stub or a letter of employment, there's many ways in which fraud happens and not just as, you know, clear cut as this, but it is extremely widespread. I'm curious to know what will happen to the uh, the realtor and the brokerage, if anything, in terms of like, uh, you know... I- the, the rules, uh, like <laughs> rules yeah. and regs, it's pretty, that's, yeah. I, I think it'll come out in the, I mean, I think all of that'll come out with the police investigation, with FCT's investigation uh, and the banks, because obviously the banks are out hundreds of thousands of dollars um, because likelihood is that money went into somebody's account, they withdrew it mm-hmm. and it's in another country and they're in another country. Um, the big so, case for sure. Yeah, so it's, um yeah, and then it's a matter of whether they can identify that there was that realtor or that lawyer was involved. Because, like I said, you know, when you're, you know, Greg, I'll put you on the spot. When you're uh, listing a property, you're typically just checking a driver's license. I would imagine a property tax statement, and you know, they've got the keys, and it's maybe their photo on the wall. So it seems like you know that's their house. They know their way mm-hmm. around, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it could be a, a an unassuming realtor that just. They would have to, you would never, you would never expect that, right? It could, it would... could be, but like, I, I got to say, like when you're doing something like that, when you're listing a property, man, like you get a vibe. Like if these yeah. guys actually pulled the wool over whoever their realtor was and like, like they have to be outstanding con mm. men, con people, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is just like, just the vibe alone, mm. like not getting a sense of like, this feels kind of mm. weird. Maybe yeah. I should step back. Like these guys must be incredible actors mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. Uh, yeah. My question well, is with those photos, is that the homeowners or is that the. Uh, these the, are the owners. Okay. Yeah. They, they don't like mugshots. So that's why I was wondering. What's yeah, this yeah, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Who, who's robbing who is the question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, uh, no, those are like, I, I, as far as I, as far as it from this article, and this is a number of days ago. Um, the like they were still looking for uh, more more information on this, you know, on who, you know, any details or, or people that might know anything about it uh, to find these people. Um, so anyways. that's crazy. It's- I mean, when you think about the that CBC marketplace and all the you know the fraudulent stuff that was happening, I think it's Brampton or kind of Toronto area, and then you have this sort of stuff happening. I mean, I guess anytime there's a I mean, the economy, there's a lot of people that are struggling. So obviously you would expect crime or at least fraud in that fashion to increase. But this is a whole different level of, mm-hmm. of yeah. fraud. This is like you said, Greg, this is like catch me if you can type con work, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if the realtor yeah. wasn't involved. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, great movie. So uh, last year, I think around June, May or June, we kind of, made predictions about the year-end growth in Ottawa. And I believe we were met with a lot of criticism, saying that we're only optimistic. We only see, you know, green and, and pink and oh, rainbows. Yeah. Um, and I think our prediction was somewhere between 6 and 8% growth. Yeah. Somebody will find it, I'm sure. 
uh, in a past episode. And I think the year end was 7%. Is yeah. that what it was? Yes. 7% year over year. And, and for clarity, this is finishing the year December 31st, 2022, compared to December 31st, 2021 uh, for residential freehold homes uh, was up 7%. So I just like to give ourselves a pat on the back, um, you know, <laughs> for uh, uh, we, we will try and still try and go back and find that episode for, yeah. <clears throat> for, for historical proof and evidence. So, but if anyone else remembers the exact episode, please, uh, please do mm -hmm. remind us. Um, but yeah, but I, I think, think it would be good to go over the stats from last year and make some predictions for 2023, just so we have, uh, we know what episode it was. First episode of the year, we made predictions, you know, it'll be easy to find. Yeah, we said I'm writing. I've got some stats here from December, and then I think uh, we were going to bring up another uh, stat for the year. Eh? Mm -hmm. I, don't have, I don't have that on my uh, on my just back to work uh, platform here. But last <laughs> year in December, um, you know, overall residential sales prices we were down seven percent. Uh, Six hundred and sixty thousand was the average sales price. Basically, fifty-seven days on market average up ninety-five percent, which is <laughs> crazy. Uh, Number of sales down 22%, 466, uh, you know, it's wild. December was, I mean, it was more of the same. Uh, condos again, condos are, were up. Condos have just kind of been maintaining their status, which is very intriguing, I will say. I, I want to see where that goes this year. Um, days on market way up, you know, 66 days, 80%. And then uh, number of sales was down 50%. But the prices of the condos are still up. They they went up and maintained um, mm -hmm. more than more than residential uh, homes. But I mean, can you, chalk, can you chalk that up to investors, like people, like the rental market increasing, people buying, like more active in the condo market? I as, think the condo state? market was more active because more people could afford them. Just right. price point, <clears throat> yeah. price point, and even with the fees, right? Mm -hmm. And it's easier to rent a condo if you're buying as an investor, mm -hmm. um, generally. And um, it's easier to, to get in. And, and like, I, and I've said this on the show, the show before, like I, I've met with people multiple times where they want to spend their money, put it all in one place. And then I say, you know, for what they, you know, maybe it's a single person or maybe it's a couple. I say, why don't you get something smaller and buy two? I go buy one for yourself. I go live in it for a few years and then buy another one and rent it out. You know, mm -hmm. of course, most people didn't listen to me. And, you know, some are regretting that, but it's, uh, you know, it's the best, I think it's the most stable way to place your money in real estate now, um, you know, is to stay, to stay low, like in the low, the condo uh, purchase price point and get, and get started. And ironically, I was kind of surprised. I've got calls from people that I didn't close with last year who had other plans, like they were going to sell, they decided not to sell or we couldn't sell. Um, some that wanted to buy for themselves and then they just couldn't get what they wanted. And I put it in their head. I said, you know, I, I said, you, I said, don't worry about that. Just get something smaller as an investment, get in the game. And then now they're calling me back. I had, mm -hmm. I have two calls booked actually today with people that called me and said like, you know, we've been thinking about what you said and just looking at the market and, and we want to get in the, in the game. So what do you think about buying something at a lower price point as an investment and we can just stay where we are? And I'm like, you guys are bang on. And that's what I think is important because I also don't, I don't know what's going to happen in, in the spring market. 
I'm really, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm really, I, I'm kind of excited for it to be honest. Cause I think it's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to get a, a bit of a, a wake up call and things are going to happen that they're not expecting. Yeah. I think some of the, uh, the numbers for the year end year over year are, uh, are pretty interesting. So to your point, I have them here, uh, is um you know for the condo sale price from year over year condo sale prices were up eight percent from 2021 and residential sale prices up seven percent from 2021 so Mm -hmm. i know people saw and people are wondering how the heck is that possible you know really that's again december 31st 2021 versus december 31st 2022 um and prices escalated from january through probably April, mm-hmm. roughly, yeah. um, and really kind of skyrocketed. But then rates started, you know, bank prime started increasing and rates and then prices started coming down. But um, so they kind of have, you know, peaked and uh, and kind of leveled off. But it's still where we finished the year off was in that, uh, you know, at a higher year over year figure. Um, and then to, you know, which, which I thought was really interesting and uh, telling, obviously, like I said earlier, great to to see that uh, our predictions were pretty well bang on, but um, but further to that, the the number, the the sheer dollar size. So, condo sales as a as an overall, the number of units decreased by twenty five percent year over year, and the total sales volume um, was in twenty twenty two was ten point five billion dollars in sales in twenty twenty two, compared to thirteen billion in twenty twenty one. Obviously, still a a healthy, healthy figure um, of of transactional volume. Greg, I wanted to quickly touch to to that point about you know where to where people should be placing their money, what the best properties to invest in. We uh, we recently started being very active on uh, TikTok and YouTube Reels, and one of the most commented on TikTok posts was you talking about new builds being one of the best investments right now. Uh, new builds closing in sort of 2024, uh, getting in now and, and, you know, rates will probably be lower then and uh, prices will probably be up by then. And just talking about um, new builds being an investor and also builders being a little more, well, not a little more, a lot more uh, accommodating for, mm-hmm. for buyers and realtors and so on. So is that still, do you still kind of feel that way? I think that episode was maybe from two months ago or so, do you think that's still a good place for people to put their money right now as investors? I know, I know of two builders that dropped their price about 100 and 150,000 per unit and they almost sold out within the first two weeks of doing that. And those are closing 2024. So I thought that was amazing. Some of them are closing sooner, but still, uh, you know, they were all sitting high. I haven't talked to enough of the builders that I was speaking with before the price drops happened, but I'm going to be doing some more follow-up on that. Uh, I think that's interesting. And I, I, I do, I do believe that right now. I also believe that, um, sorry, I don't know if I'm, I'm going off topic a bit here, but for, in terms of new builds, I think I mentioned it before. I think there's going to be more builders adding units in the basement. Um, and I think that there's going to be more people teaming up to buy new builds in packages or a couple with multi-units. And I think there's going to be more team buying um, in terms of new builds or in terms of anything for 2023. But yeah, I, I I mean, new build. Now that the prices are where they should be, absolutely. I'd love to see a stat. I'm sure it's out there, but I wouldn't have access to it uh, you know, quickly. But um, from an immigration standpoint, like what 
countries or uh, continents those people are immigrating from? Because I know we've talked about this in the past, but there are a lot of cultures that that do um, believe in having like a, a, the whole family living together, yeah. right? Like parents, kids, uh, nieces, nephews, etc. So you know, with the immigration increasing, that as you, to your point, Greg, will probably shift also the way that people are living in their homes, not just buying, but also yeah, uh, how many people are in each home, uh, and having those additional you know granny suites and in law suites and things like that added to the house to accommodate the larger families. Yeah. And that's the thing too. So just base, you know, us as Canadians, like Canadians born Canadians, uh, you know, our lifestyle is, or, or it was initially, you know, um, go to school, get a job, get out of the house, you know, one or two kids or whatever. Whereas, you know, um, other, other cultures there, um, the way that they operate is, uh, you know, get an education, get a job, work together as a family, invest together as a family, always roll as a family. Mm -hmm. So there's with more of that coming here, you're exactly right. There's the investments are the demographic for these investments are, is changing and the builders are going to have to do that. So I think there's going to be more of multi-generational new builds happening. I think there's going to be bigger condos being built. I think there's going to be three bedroom, four bedroom condos being built in the next couple of years just for, to stay in the urban center. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, and I think that's going to be the biggest change at all because we still, as Canadians, like it says in, in the, they want immig immigrants to They want people to come to Canada because as the Canadians born and raised Canadians, we are not having children and we are not taking the jobs to maintain um, like the trades and stuff like mm -hmm. that. There's not as much of us doing it anymore. So we need that to build the infrastructure of the country and maintain that. Uh, so this is, uh, so to your point, and I, uh, uh, Stephen, sorry, got us the statistics for 2021 for uh, distribution of new immigrants. So I'll touch on that in one second. But uh, my girlfriend is Colombian, as I, I, I'm sure I've mentioned, but she actually was saying like in Colombia, it's, it's very normal for people to stay at home until they're you know 30 yeah. in, in their early 30s because you know you don't leave home until you're married or you know you leave the country or what have you in canada like i was out of the house at 17 years old you know like most people as soon as you turn 18 you're either going away for university or once you're away for university then you stay in that city or you you know you create a life outside of the home uh and that Basically, you know, your parents are empty nest, empty nesters by the time, you know, your kids are 20 or 22 years old, whereas in other cultures, that might be an additional decade later that that they're empty nesters. So that also will, will play an impact, I think. Um, distribution of new immigrants arriving in Canada in 2021 by country of origin. So 32% from India, 8% from China, 4.3 Philippines, 3.8 Nigeria, 3.2 France. 3% USA, 2.9% Brazil, 2.8% Iran, 2.1% Korea Republic, and 2% from Pakistan. So pretty wide range. I was going to, the India, I was going to make a comment that I felt that that was the biggest um, immigration um, demographic. That's, yeah, that's a lot. 32%. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. working with, I'm working with two couples from India right now. Mm -hmm. who, who, who are fans of the show? <laughs> hello to them hello to them shout out um so gentlemen i don't know if uh you saw my notes but uh 
we have been recognized and we have mm. been nominated as the podcast of the year in Ottawa for the second year in a row. Well that. Uh, through the Faces Magazine Awards. And uh, mm. voting is going to start on January 15th. So anyone who's listening, whoever nominated us, thank you. And for anyone listening, if you believe that we are the top, if we're your favorite podcast, or even if you just like us mildly, please vote on January 15th. We'll, we'll post the link in our next episode. That'll be next week. Uh, and it's great, guys. Uh, it's nice. You know, it's always nice to be recognized uh, for, your, for your hard work. And I feel like, uh, you know, we, we try our best. We do our best. Here we are. We do. Year, year three. And I'm excited about that. And I also want to give a shout out to whoever's been talking about us on Reddit because uh, the last couple of people that I've spoken with, they said that they got my, my name, they contacted me after reading reviews on Reddit and then watching the podcast. So whoever that is that I was kind of blown away. It wasn't, it wasn't the referral or it wasn't the, yeah, that, that I was expecting at all. Where did you hear from me? Reddit. There's people talking about you on Reddit. I'm like, okay, amazing. I guess that's good. I'm like, it's so where, where are the bad comments on Reddit? Are there any? It's funny. Get it. I had, I had someone reach out to me this week and they, uh, they left me a voicemail. I called them back. And the first thing they said, I said, uh, his name was Hamid. I said, uh, hello. He said, Hey, he said, I just want you to know that your, your signs work. I said, excuse oh. me. He's like, he's like your street signs. He's like, I was over by, uh, Ikea and I saw one of your signs and I scanned it gave you a call i was like really so it's it's wow. hilarious where leads come hmm. from and if you don't ask like i'm gonna get better in the habit of asking like where you know I, I think i do a good job of asking where the leads come from but uh but yeah especially listeners of the show uh, and with tiktok and reels and all that i think people are just uh they just stumble upon it and then listen and then think well maybe yeah, we'll call greg you know maybe i'll give him a shout so i think Earlier in the episode, we said we were going to give some predictions for the upcoming year, though. Mm -hmm. um, before we uh, before we log off here for the for this episode, I think we need to timestamp it. Um, what do you What do you guys feel the price increase or decrease will be this year? Where do you think rates will go? This might be more directed at uh, at mm -hmm. Paul and myself. Um, and where do you see sales volume, so number of transactions up down uh, for first twenty twenty two? Who wants to start? <laughs> I'll start. Uh, I would say, so I think there was, what, 15, just under 16,000 transactions last year. I think down from 20, if, if I remember correctly, 20,000. So I believe, uh, I mean, this is my optimism hat going on, but I think we're going to see another strong year of growth. I think, I think with the way the year ended last year, the pendulum is going to swing the other way in the, in the spring market. I think we're going to see... Probably year end, probably another, I'm going to say six to 7% growth this year in prices. And I think as far as transactions, I think we're probably going to get closer to that 20,000 mark. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot more people transacting this year. I think last year with all the rates increasing, people were timid, a lot of people on the sidelines. I'm going to say 22,000 transactions. I'm going to say 6.8% growth. And I'm going to say that uh, the prime lending rate the overnight rate is going to drop year end by a quarter from where it is currently like a quarter point or quarter point yeah quarter okay. point and i might go up i think january we may see another mm -hmm. increase unfortunately um but i think by year end we'll probably see a couple decreases near the end of the year and i think we'll we'll end the year down a quarter percent i definitely agree that the um the rates going down the previous prediction of around summertime is going to change to fall I think we're probably going to go up again. 
Uh, I think prices are pretty much where they're going to stay. I think we're going to see 5% increase year over year this year. I think there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be way, there's going to be new builders planning different designs this year. I think that's going to be a change that we're going to see for sure. And again, I think there's going to be more fractional ownership, more, uh, more partnership investments going on. Um, I had one other point I wanted to make totally forgot about it. Rates, transaction numbers, transactions are going to be up. Sales are going to be up. The, the one thing that, that I am, I am predicting this and this is going to happen soon. So, you know, January 9th, <laughs> buckle up, you know, buckle up. I feel that the spring market is going to be more aggressive than people think it is. And I'm concerned for people that are stuck in this limbo of losing some purchasing power over the last few months and has still have not bought anything mm -hmm. based on not that much inventory being available because the nice ones that come out are still priced higher than what they can afford. And the ones that are available to them need a little bit of work, but they're not pulling the trigger on getting in the market. So I'm worried that when the nicer properties start coming out, there's going to be 20 of that buyer sitting around that will find a way to get the money to get that property or, or for it to sell over asking potentially because it's well done. And some of these other people, and then at that point, if the prices go up slightly, then they're stuck and then they're buying something worse than what they can get right now, regardless of the upgrades and the updates that they have to do. So I'm being very, you know, I, without pushing, cause you know, it's not, it's not my job. It's my job to educate and inform. It's like, but that's my prediction. I think, I think anyone that is having a hard time choosing a property right now should definitely be getting into something because I think there's a lot of there's things will explode, whether it's in a big way or a small way. By the time the end of February comes around, we're going to be rocking, I think. I'm going to make mine, mine short. Uh, so we've right. been uh, running over time. No, no. I'm going to say 20% increase in sales year over year from a, a number of units. Uh, I think the uh, price increase will be 75 somewhere between 7 and 8% year over year. Um, and I think rates for bank prime either stagnant from where we are now, so still at prime at 695, or following through with Paul, down a quarter point, but that's really only if we start seeing some inflation coming down and there was some very strong uh, employment numbers that came out this week, which aren't gonna help inflation with 104,000 new jobs out in December. Um, but I think we'll, uh, I don't think we're gonna see much in the way of increases over the year. Um, so, We'll see how things uh, how things progress over the year. This is, you know, not again, not us just being. I feel not just us being optimistic about the Ottawa market, just in general uh, bullish of the Ottawa market because of all of the topics we keep talking about of employment and uh, mm -hmm. lack of supply and immigration to a major city. And another point to to that we can't forget is there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. And these things can change all of this in a heartbeat. Yeah. And mm -hmm. people need to be mindful of that as well because things are, there's a lot going on. So don't just, don't just look at the real estate market if you're into real estate. Look at the, the global effects of everything that's happening in the world right now 
just to help you kind of just help get your heads around things. I feel. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to your point, Greg. Like I'm feeling like I'm being conservative, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a booming spring market just with people. But exactly like you said, those people, it's, it's the same thing we say all the time. People that are, we're waiting on the sidelines. We think the prices are going to go down a bit. We're waiting until rates come down a bit. And then people are out buying, prices go up, rates come down and it's too late. So, you know, there's never a perfect time. Best time to buy was yesterday. The second best time is today, you know? Um, should we sign oh, wait, 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 but Paul, but Paul, but Paul yes. that comment means you're greedy. That comment means you're a greedy mortgage broker and all you care about is money. That's true. right. <laughs> I should specify too. There's two mortgage agents and one realtor on the show. So everyone who keeps commenting about these three realtors, always bullish. Oh yeah. No. We're all, oh, so greedy. Yeah. If anyone knew what um, my life was like the last three right. months. <laughs> Full of greed. Mood, right. Mood boost. I got three <laughs> today. I tried go. to come with the heat. So here we go. Um, number one, how do you impress a female baker? You bring her some flowers. Oh. Mm. flowers mm. uh number two why did the poor man sell yeast to raise some dough oh <laughs> i like that i like lots that. of baking references i like that one. um last but not least number three nobody's seen the zamboni driver but i'm sure he'll resurface eventually ah, ah i like these that's great my dad great. actually got me a new calendar of dad jokes for 2023 there we go so yeah. we're, we're, we'll be fired up. We Great will never be short of jokes. <laughs> He'll resurface eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Again, thanks for the nomination for the uh, Faces Awards. Yeah. And uh, we will be back next week. We're back on track here. Every Tuesday, 10 a.m., YouTube, all your streaming platforms. Make sure to subscribe and follow along. And if you haven't already, check us out on TikTok and on YouTube Reels. Uh, you'll get kind of little little shorts from the uh, from the episodes. That some are pretty hilarious. So, uh, gentlemen, have a great week. Great yeah. to be back. Great and, to be back. Uh, we'll see you next Monday, Tuesday, deuces. Wednesday. <laughs> okay, deuces. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.